0: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Come in to Action Movie Rewind where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time, gentlemen. And I know that last week we promised the audience a deep dive into a mid-90s Nicolas Cage, John Travolta classic face-off. But then we realized, oh, it's almost the 4th of July. And a couple listeners pointed out, this would be a good week to do Independence Day at the 1996 blockbuster. So we're going to do face-off Next week, and today, we dive into a game-changer action movie. One of the highest-grossing action movies of all time, Independence Day from 1996. And, I don't want to spoil anything, but one of the great on-screen presidential performances oh. in cinematic history. I,
2: I mean, I have a statement on it, but I, 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 not just cinematic history. I think real presidents and fake presidents history, <laughs> to be completely
0: honest. <laughs> If you rank all of the presidential speeches, fake and real,
1: George, 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 Watson's what's his face is very upset or Harrison Ford is very upset. Uh-huh. George, George, what's his face? I George, Washington? George Washington. No, I, I almost said George Harrison. Harrison Ford is very upset. He wants his credit. Abraham Harrison, wants his great. face. You know what? Yeah. George Harrison should have been president followed by McCartney. <laughs> he
0: should have. Uh, so, all right, here is the summary for Independence Day. In the epic adventure film Independence Day, strange phenomena surface around the globe. The skies ignite. Terror races through the world's major cities. As these extraordinary events unfold, it becomes increasingly clear that a force of incredible magnitude has arrived. Its mission? Total annihilation over the 4th of July weekend. The last hope to stop the destruction is an unlikely group of people... United by fate in unimaginable circumstances. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, a $75 million budget turned into $817 million at the box office. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' uh, consensus says, The plot is thin, and so is character development, but as a thrilling spectacle-filled summer movie, Independence Day delivers. This movie starred Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Judd Hirsch, Randy Quaid, Robert Loja, Vivica A. L. Fox, Harry K- L. Oh, F-Loggia. F-Loggia. For oh. Oh, my oh my God. It's Robert Loja. G. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. And it was directed by Robert Emmerich, who also directed The Patriot, Godzilla, The Day After Tomorrow, uh, 2012, and all kinds of other explosion movies. So, um, yeah, this is one of the I got some production notes. You guys chime in here. Independence Day became the second highest grossing film ever at the time behind Jurassic Park, and it won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. While the film was still in post-production, Fox began an extensive marketing campaign to help promote the film, beginning with the airing of a dramatic commercial during Super Bowl XXX, for which it paid $1.3 million at the time. The film's subsequent success at the box office resulted in a trend of using Super Bowl airtime to begin the advertising campaigns for potential blockbusters, do you guys remember the lead up to this movie? Just the commercials and I was certainly oh, it was,
1: young.
0: It was huge. The White House exploding. And my stuff. buddies all went and saw it. Like it was. You didn't an
1: opening? No, it was what? an opening? No, I, I didn't. I didn't see it until we watched it for this exercise <laughs> two years. years ago. Oh, I'd never seen this film. I didn't care, but all of my friends like went the weekend it opened. Like it was that type of film. So, and back then, like, that was sort of common. Like, I feel like now that the the uh, Top Gun s- sequel, which was huge, like, that's a rarity now. And the fact that people actually go to the theater. But back then, like, you had opening weekends, especially around the 4th of July, that were absolutely huge. And all of my friends were like, we got to go see this. I just didn't care.
2: I was four when this movie came yeah, out. I, so, yeah. like, I, I was obviously still too young. But, I like, Oops. I remember how significant it was even like years later like it was a legitimately like and it still plays like it even in 2022 like it's still a i i love this movie i think it's a really good movie
0: yeah uh, there's uh, there was a sequel a few years ago well it one yeah, it was, was the best good. special effects that you at could have in 1996
1: well yeah no at the time it's great but as we discussed with twister it's at in back then um special effects were great now you're like oh boy They've come a long way. You know what though? If you go back in ninety six, look at the films that came out. 96 was what has to be one of the great years for films. Because I want to say Twister, um, this film, there's like five or six just mammoth films to wow, this day. I the just Rock, pulled up the
0: list. Mission I Impossible, Impossible Rock. The Rock, yeah. The Nutty Professor. I'm just going down the highest gross <laughs> of movies. The Nutty Professor was the fifth ransom came. Yeah. Ransom was 1996. I love that film. Give me back my son. I saw that one and that's a great great
1: film. I believe that's a Ron Howard production. Wow. Mel
0: Phenomenon. Space Jam came out. Mr. Holland's oh, Opus. Okay. Jerry Maguire 1996. Jack The Cable Guy.
2: Show me the money.
0: 101 Dalmatians came out in Yeah,
1: I think The Rock might have been in there too.
0: The Rock did come said, out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the about that. fourth highest grossing. movie. In fact, here are the highest grossing movies of 1996 Independence Day, Twister, Mission Impossible, The Rock. So just four straight up action movies. And then The Nutty Professor was fifth.
1: Eddie Murphy, man. <laughs> Power of Eddie Murphy. Incredible. Still, ha-
0: still had it in the mid 90s. Uh, the writers of this movie, one at one of which included Robert Emmerich, the director were bothered by the fact that for the most part in alien invasion movies, they come down to Earth and they're hidden in some backfield or they arrive in little spores and inject themselves into the back of someone's head or something. Emmerich agreed by asking Devlin if arriving from across the galaxy, would you hide on a farm or would you make a big entrance? And the two wrote the script during a month long vacation in Mexico, you know, with the idea that if they're gonna come to Earth from light years away, then, you know, you're going to New York City. Yeah, you're going to go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you're going to blow Tokyo. Up
1: the, yeah, blow up every major town there is.
0: No. So, all right, let's we'll start with Judd here. We'll get into uh, our statements about Independence Day.
1: My statement number one is this: one of the things that sets this film apart, as far as the characters go, Randy Quaid playing himself is yes. phenomenal. Randy, Qua- I seriously, Randy Quaid in this film. Like of all the action films, right, that came out and the action stars and the good-looking people that get those roles, my God, they basically had him play his vacation role. Yes. As a guy Yeah, cousin – you're exactly right. But, I mean, this is – I just loved it. I think that that role – and, I mean, this guy is off his rocker. There's no question he's proven to be just a a nutcase, which isn't surprising. But Randy Quaid, to me, what a casting –
0: I love the idea of you know, you can create spin off movies like right? you know, this movie as a spin off of Christmas vacation you know, it's if if cousin Eddie instead of drinking out of a flask if he was just drinking out of the moose, you know the the moose antler's uh eggnog glass he
2: literally lives in an r v in both movies, yep <laughs> he has an r v in both of
1: these films with weird kids in with both weird kids films.
0: I am proud yeah, yes, um Great. I think the other thing too about like the cast in this movie or just like the setup within five minutes, you know what, you know, what uh, Randy Quaid's character is all about. You know, that Jeff Goldblum is struggling to get over a divorce and trying to find meaning in life. Uh, We find out that uh, Bill Pullman as the president also has kids used to be a fighter pilot and has an approval rating before 40 uh, below 40%. Like all these things you find out in the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, Declan, I'm going to let you go next so I can grab my dog who is pawing at the door. Uh, okay. So, oh my, uh... you, 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 you go next with your statement.
2: <laughs> you got it. Vinny's at uh, Grandma and Grandpa, so I don't got to worry about Vinny uh, knocking on the door Still right is now. Stell's drinking. sales so so drinking. That's, that She's sounds exactly Shirley. right. Stop that drinking. Right. Yeah, that'll do All it. Right. Uh, my, my first statement on Independence Day is this America's leadership could learn a thing or two from Bill Pullman. <laughs> All right. No matter what political party either Bill Pullman identifies for or even as you as a listener identify with, you could learn a lot. And this country and its leadership could learn a lot from Bill Pullman. Here's, here's some of the things I wrote down, and I'll even wait till Phil gets his headphones back on so I can explain yeah. this to Phil here. Now he comes back. Phil, Tell my statement terrible. was. All
0: right, sorry, my, my, wife's, my wife's on a on an important my, uh, Zoom, and she's like, can you just grab my eye real quick here? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just hanging out with my dog here. Right.
2: So my, my oh. statement, Phil, was uh, America's leadership could learn a lot from Bill Pullman. No matter what party you identify with, you could learn a lot from Bill Pullman. Here's some of the things I noticed from Bill Pullman during his time as president in the movie Independence Day. He's strong-willed. He's very strong-willed with his convictions. He's well-spoken. But he also listens to others. He gathers all the info and then makes an informed decision. And even when an administration is lying to him about situations, he holds them accountable. He, there was no Area 51. No one told the president about Area 51. Are we serious? It <laughs> seems problematic. But, yeah, yeah. That's what I don't and understand. That might be a Bill Pullman problem. Don't get me yes. wrong. But, but I, I think his administration also fails him a little bit. But he inspires others to do their best. And he put his own ass on the front lines getting in a fire pilot at the end of that amazing speech which gives me goosebumps every time i hear it i sometimes i'm that serious i sometimes play that speech on youtube if i need a mm-hmm. little pet me up it is that inspirational it's um, dude,
0: I, i'm i not gonna make fun of you because it's a it's a it, great speech yes. it
2: literally gives me goosebumps so my, my statement is very simple america's leadership could learn a lot from bill pullman as his time as president and in independence day
0: let's keep having this bill pullman conversation i'll add a statement onto onto <laughs> yours uh, I do think Bill Pullman is the greatest on-screen president of our lifetimes. And I actually have a list. And you know what? He's number two on the list that I pulled up from Esquire. It is hard to argue with number one. So let's call him one of the two best on-screen presidents of all time. So number five is, and I've never seen this movie, it's President Beck from Deep Impact, who is was played by uh, Morgan Freeman. Number four was uh, President Dave Kovich from the movie Dave, played by Kevin Kline. And then we had President Andrew Shepard from The American President, played by Michael Douglas. And then President Whitmore, Bill Pullman, in Independence Day is number two. And President James Marshall, played by Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Get Get off my my plane! plane. Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, it's a president that's literally like fighting terrorists on Air Force One and uh, I mean, and, and cleaning house. <laughs> Bill, Bill,
1: you know, flew. A, I mean, I I love the fact that in both films, the common thing is that the president who's you know supposed to be ultra protected, right? secret service blah 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 yeah, basically fighting. takes things into his own hands in both cases <laughs> no. but those are the fly. things that
0: make him great right so the, the oh, speech yeah, just a brilliant speaker and leader of men and people and humanity you know i think his his human touch too he knew that the mission to try and shoot down the alien spacecraft wasn't working after a couple got blown up and so you know the generals were saying we need to try again and he's saying no nope let's not go let's not just recklessly go killing our our pilots um, know, just negotiating with aliens on the fly, too. It's just a lot of a lot of things that he was remaining calm under pressure that I don't, I don't think other presidents would have. Intergalactic crisis, by the way, remaining yeah. calm under intergalactic yeah, yeah. crisis yep. conditions.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And and a, a lot of sort of incompetent bobos at times around him as well. He fired a guy at one point. Yeah. Wh- wh- I, why didn't they kill him? Like, of all, they kill so many people, and that guy he fired was like you were waiting for him to bite it, and you wanted him to die so bad, and they don't kill him. That frustrated me.
0: The one thing that I, well, there's a few things about this movie that are hard to believe, but in terms of uh, Bill Pullman as president, he remained so confident and decisive. Yes. During a crisis in which you would have no, like, okay, if it's wartime or something, and you're, you know, you're about to... Yeah, you're having a stare down with Russia or something. Well, that has happened before in American history. Or maybe there's racial tension and you have to figure out what to do. Well, that has happened before in American history. This statement is intergalactic a, crisis.
2: Statement within a statement. Everyone seems awfully calm for insane casualties that have happened in the world. Like, like everyone in L.A. I, I got to imagine millions and millions of people have just been murdered across the world. Oh, they're getting wiped out left and right.
0: No, actually, it's uh, it's more than that. There is a there is a book written. So next next statement, let's. I'm I'm glad Declan okay. brought this up. Declan's yeah. hitting on all the the right notes here. So I'll just jump in with the next statement here. The plausibility of the final attack seems far fetched. Um, and I did. Well, actually, let, let, let let's dive into that in a second. I have. I, I, let's 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 dive into the actual like the the aftermath of of all of this and that the like the the world would be very shook if this happened in a lot of different ways and and there is a um i don't know if you want to call it like a sequel book but there was a book written that tries to bridge together the gap between the original Independence Day in 1996 and the sequel movie that came out like 2016 16. or something mm-hmm. and the book covers the 20 year period between those two movies and the world rebuilding and uh, in that book, it estimates that at least 3 billion human beings were killed throughout all the you know 50 major cities. And so here's the write-up. Humanity had won the war, but at a tremendous cost. Earth was devastated from the invasion as more than 100 of the planet's populous and historical cities, along with irreplaceable institutions such as museums, libraries, etc., were destroyed, and at least 3 billion human beings were killed. This is from the sequel book. Many of these deaths were caused by riots, disease, crime, and hunger during and following the conflict. Those alive would never recover from the wounds of the invasion, both physical and emotional. So what would the world look and feel like if, and, what, and would it be such a celebratory vibe if, no. yeah, in the end we beat the aliens, but no. 50 to 100 cities are ruined and billions of people are dead?
1: And at that point in time, too, what is Pullman's character left to be president of? like every yeah exactly every major city basically got blown up la got blown up new york got blown up right so like he's like uh today is a victorious day for yeah for all you um, in san antonio dakota doing well it's a great day for utah i mean (laughs) what's left
0: anyway uh so yeah that's a that's a lot of dead a lot of dead people too Mm mm-hmm
1: my next statement of all of the things that Bill Pullman's character as president takes. Well, he especially takes the death of his wife. Well, no film that I've seen. And I actually sort of admire this sets up death and moves on like this film does. Yeah. Harry Connick, Harry Connick. We got Harry Connick. What should we do? Let's kill him. Uh, Bill Pullman's wife. The first la- lady dies. And it's just sort of like, uh oh, she's dead. Let's you know, let's be victorious. Like there's no death that is really like taken hard or explored or anything. The the death toll in this film is essentially just rolled with. We're going to yeah. roll with that.
0: Yeah, it's uh and there's there's almost like a a tongue and cheek aspect to this movie yes. too or H- Harry Connick's can... death is like this character. Oh, my. Yes. And even like the end scene with um with Randy Quaid's Randy, character, he, he, it's it's this kind of tongue in cheek. Up yours, right? <laughs> yeah. <"Hook."> I'm back. <laughs> so we're trying to we're trying to balance killing billions of people. And with... by the
1: way, there's no question he's <laughs> drunk. He flies that thing as blitzed as can possibly be.
0: Just just give me another cup of coffee and I'll I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> it isn't all. It is
2: an all time tearjerker though. That that scene, like I I cry I cry at that scene every time when when they go to the hospital and and mommy is going to sleep now like that that pulls at the heartstrings every time he just it, moves it, right it,
1: on though like, it, ah, it isn't a dead. good
2: observation though like they did this, she's, dead. she's dead and we're moving on
1: yeah we're um, moving on mm. we're In on fact, cincinnati
2: it, it goes on to oh, the, wait, the next out. and that's a drive by castellanos and there'll be a home run yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> my is statement there. is i love that this film wastes no time so they, they just go pretty much right into this at hey there is a giant ship over like all the national monuments and buildings in the world within like the first five minutes of this film. They go right after it. They blow up these cities. I think I, I pause it to like check when actually time's up. Right. And, and the, and the ships go off and blow up the white house and the NLA and, and all, all the other major buildings. I think at like 44 minutes is when that happens. So like you're already on the edge of your seat, typically with action movies, right? You have the slow Burn to get to that 45 minutes or like hour in before then it's kick-ass time and now now we're going to be into this this is literally like on the edge of your seat for the entire film yeah and even though it's over two hours i didn't i don't feel like this film's too long at all judd probably could cut out 30 minutes no problem but i'm at the edge of my seat and this film wastes no time when you're watching it
0: i'm with you yeah it's a it's a long movie judd did you you are the resident you know Cut movies run down time. to 45 minutes. Yeah, runtime guy. Did you feel like there was 30 minutes that you could cut out of this movie? Yeah, probably. Did you feel 15, like it dragged?
1: Probably 15 or so. Um, pretty good. So, some of the characters that they kill, they didn't really need. But at that time, too, though, uh, you know, as far as special effects go and stuff, it was probably just like, we've got all of this cash to make this film. Let's kill more people, which is which, it's fine. Like If you went to that film back then, I don't think you're disappointed by the runtime. Like I think that's a film where where you expect it to be long. Yeah, you're settling. And it. in the theater, you almost encourage it probably.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're settling. Cuz it's not All boring. Right. Okay, I was going to let, let's let's go back to the I was going to make this statement a little while ago, but then wanted to dive further into the uh the 3 billion quote. The plausibility of the final attack is a little far-fetched. <laughs> so let's let's break this down for a second. It's 1996. Aliens have traveled light-years in 15 mile wide spacecraft that's what they said these things were not just one of them that they spent building they literally have the technology and and the advancement to build dozens and dozens of 15 mile wide spacecraft that can travel light years technology that might be hundreds if not thousands of years advanced from where we are in 1996 on earth okay that's one side of the of the fight On the other side, we've got humans that just started playing Oregon Trail five years earlier on Macintosh computers. And we're expected to believe that the humans are going to hack into these advanced alien spacecraft, plant a virus, and blow up all of these 15-mile-wide machines or spacecraft, whatever you want to call them.
2: Yeah, and travel into space. Like and, and like, it doesn't seem like that ship is equipped to be, I know it's from outer space, but like, there's no, they're not wearing astronaut suits. Like there's no, there's, there's nothing about them when they actually fly into space that makes them think, oh, this is astronauts. And like, they're equipped for this, like that. We watched uh, Armageddon. We had, they had to prepare those nine slappy oil, oil diggers for like, that's actually for, like, pretty good. Yeah. For, like 45 good minutes or to, to watch them do it. And then w- Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum just go to space like that. They just make a decision. <laughs> and are smoking cigars 10 minutes later. Like what the hell?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's just, and, and by the way, like, okay, so the aliens are advanced enough to be able to just sort of, they, they come to this new planet, and maybe they've scouted it from afar without being noticed, but they come to the planet, and instantaneously, they know enough about our communication satellite system to sort of hijack it and use it as their own community. So they're just instantly coming in being like, well, okay, we're just going to take down your communication structure, we're going to use it, but yet one of the countries figures out just on a freaking like hail Mary pass, how to blow up one of these spacecraft. And they're not nimble enough to communicate to each other. "Oh, Oh, we have a problem over here. So watch out over Tokyo. It's like, Nope, we figured out one of them. And now all of a sudden they're all just screwed. Also. Okay. We're hacking into their system and we're sending Randy Quaid in a plane, uh, sort of up the, uh, up the rectum of the, you know, the spacecraft. That was enough to blow up a fifteen mile wide. I feel like wouldn't wouldn't that blow up a section of it? I'm back. Would it blow up all fifteen? No, no I'm with you here. That's miles no. of this, this film.
1: This film was not striving for accuracy, <laughs> credibility. It was striving for because it it is tongue in cheek. Like I, I think a lot of it is is you know Quaid, Will Smith. Uh, I think a lot of it was written to sort of just have fun. Have a ton of of you know highly priced action, yeah, and drop funny lines
0: now that's what I call a closing counter, yeah, that lights line. the cigar all right yeah okay okay
1: <laughs> all right, my next statement is the people of earth get what they deserve here, so this whole thing where <laughs> oh, wow. where we've got aliens and yeah. That scene, I think it's in Los Angeles, right? At the top of the, at the, yeah. top of the thing where they're all up there. They're, they're like, oh, this is awesome. This is cool, dude. What's going to happen? And, of course, they all die, which they deserve. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if we really had an invasion, and let's say the they, aliens came in and they parked their ships there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some morons who live on this planet. But would you have that many people like, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. I think a large contingent would be like, oh, my God, what's happening here? You know, we got to do something. We've got to. So the people of Earth, I think, largely got what they deserved for their curiosity and the fact that they assumed that this that these massive spaceships would come in peace and just sort of park there and sit there.
2: Yeah, it's absurd. It's, It's totally obnoxious. And, and, and I'm a Judd. I literally wrote down, these people get what they deserve. That's what I have written yeah, verbatim in that. my notes section. They deserved it. They, they're literally <laughs> just going to look at that spaceship. Like My next statement on this, like if aliens come to Earth, I am hiding in a bunker for the rest of my life. I, I am not equipped. And when, right. when, when they're like, oh, we'll take anyone with flying experience or anyone to help fight, if there's any type of intimate war, nuclear war, or a draft, whatever, I'm I'm out. I, I, I am not useful for you. You are better served not having me involved. I promise. <laughs> I promise I am not going to be able to help Sorry. with this. So, yes, I am. Okay, I agree but with
0: doesn't that. So, I feel like the idea of aliens arriving to Earth is fascinating. You guys are more terrified by it.
1: I yes. want nothing to do I with it. I think it's me.
2: legitimate and it's terrifying. Yeah.
0: I just, oh, I, I would have so many like questions this. for them. Like, how, how much further advanced away. are you? Well, yeah, well, well, well,
1: you? well, how do you know? Because they're not going to like people. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess, yeah. Our people they, don't like people. They come to hey, America.
1: You take one look at this, look <laughs> at this world. Are you really go- going to say, yeah, you know what? I'd really like to incorporate your lifestyle.
0: Why do yeah. we always assume, too, that aliens are that ugly? You know, is it, is it because we've we've had enough alien sightings Twilight to know that they... That.
1: It's a great Twilight Zone on on that.
0: Are you talking about the one uh, where she's in the... she's? Getting in, surgery in the hospital, in the hospital? And,
1: and they take the mask off, and yeah, it's a, oh, that's a good one.
0: Yep. Spoiler alert: right. she well, is. They, they are aliens, and she is a beautiful blonde woman, and they think she's ugly because she hideous. doesn't look like them, right? And the yeah.
1: entire and the entire show, they don't show her, so you're expecting this just abomination, and she's gorgeous, and they're like, no change. Yep. And they can't look at her because so. I think that this is a question, though, that is best. A- answered by saying i think the perception of what a being looks like because like people sort of look weird but we're used to it like it's our it's what we were brought up with like feet feet
0: feet are weird
1: well and noses are weird like just arbitrarily in your on your face you you got this thing that just juts out
0: Yeah, if you came down from another one, don't even get me started with below the belt, okay? Oh, I don't know. some of that stuff looks like if you're an alien. What is that? What are those things? Who
1: who knows what they got? (laughs) Who knows what they're packing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. if
0: I want to know what the aliens are packing? We don't
1: know what they're packing. But, yeah. But, like, faces are weird. Like, ears are weird.
0: Yeah, you know, it's true.
1: Like, you just have these things that are growing out of the side of your head, and we're just all, saying, yeah, that's of course. They're, they're Isn't it ears.
0: weird that apparently your ears keep growing too? Yeah. That as yeah. you get older, your ears just look gigantic because they sort of keep growing.
1: Yeah, my dad's at the end looked really weird.
0: Yeah, you never see like a 98 <laughs> curved year old with around small ears. That's uh. a good
1: point. Yeah. Freaky. Hmm.
0: Uh, my next statement about this movie is that I think slapping 4th of July branding on this movie was completely unnecessary for the plot, but genius for marketing. This was a movie about aliens invading Earth. It really had nothing to do. It could have happened in September. It could have happened in December. But the fact that somebody came along and said, what if it happened on our country's birthday, Independence Uh Day, 4th of July, and they, and they wind up calling the movie Independence Day. And, the, and Bill Pullman's speech, right, references, this is our Independence Day. It's kind of shoehorned. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but great for marketing purposes. Is it fair to say that this movie without, I can't remember what they were going to call it, but it was some, something else entirely. That this movie without Independence Day branding is still a hit, but it's probably more of like a $200 million hit that they probably gained a half billion dollars at the box office by branding yeah. it the way that they did.
1: It, it and
2: what's probably, the speech? Yeah, it would probably it would look, look at like Armageddon. It like, would know, look like that more. It's just like, this mm-hmm. is an obnoxious, kind of over-the-top, ridiculous, plot-hole-filled movie. It's probably looked at in a similar vein as that.
0: Yeah. Just like, it, it, as I was watching, I was thinking, yeah, it's, it's Independence Day. It was released on Independence Day weekend in 1996, but it has almost nothing to do with Independence Day. It's like I don't know if you guys ever watch these corny uh, Christmas movies on Netflix, "A California Christmas," and the w- oh, this God. woman has to sell her wine farm or whatever, and like it has nothing to do with Christmas, but it's they lifetime. they put it in and around Christmas time when the thing is happening. It's, a, well, now, it's now it's Christmas. Oh, okay.
1: This is our independence. Um, my next statement is: the spaceship at the end looks like a giant cake. So the spaceship, like, special effects be, and things being built now have come so far. Because back then, I'm sure this was considered, you know, cutting edge, really cool, right? But if you go back and look at that, it looks like a giant cake. Um, it's just funny how, how, like, with Twister and with this film in 1996, you watch those films, and you're like, oh, my God, the special effects are great. And now in 2022, you look at them and you say, like in Twister, it's a very sunny day and there's a massive tornado going through. How's that? Yeah. Or with this, like like the special effects of the spaceships that they built. Um, it's just, I get the fact that at the time it was considered super cool, but I couldn't get past the fact that now it looked like a big old cake from Fire to me. <laughs> Just,
2: sitting yeah, just hungry watching Independence Day. <laughs> I got to have cake. a slice
1: of that spaceship.
2: <laughs> uh, cake. Uh, my statement is more of a question to you two. So who would you rather be? We all we actually talked about one, uh, two of these guys so far. Who would you rather be in this film? Would you rather be Randy Quaid, you know, the hero at the end, but also the town drunk who has been previously probed by aliens? That doesn't sound uh, too appealing to me. Uh, would you rather be the Area 51 leader, the weirdo guy who gets the, his throat wrapped around and, and the aliens communicate through him when they try to do the probe? That's also That's a good uh, death. I that was terrifying.
1: I, wanna, it, I like that death. It
2: is spooky. You know, Judd I want it. you it's, to die. Peace.
0: No peace.
2: Yeah. Um, or would you rather be the people we talked about in the last previous round of statements who were just on top of the building asking for their own death? You have to pick one of these three paths. Quaid, yeah, I want to go- be Quaid. I want to be
0: Quaid. I want to go out, blaze the glory, be the hero. Let's Plus get I'm going it. Not
2: drunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you almost no. there, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 basically there. Um. Yeah, I found the, I found those three paths really interesting as I was watching this film unfold. And the Area 51 guy, we probably in terms of the trimming out, we could probably do without some of his monologues and like that kind of stuff. Like, that's probably the one area where it's freaky or not needed. But his actual death, it's pretty terrifying.
0: Is mm. good. That, yeah. That's a quality scene. How much? Do, what do you think the gap is between what the what the public currently knows in in real life, like not nineteen ninety six Independence Day, but we're just now starting to see a little bit more transparency about UFOs and sightings and stuff. How wide do you think the gap is between what we know as the public and what the government knows and has seen? Oh, like, extremely. do you like? Do you think how like how much life form do you think? Do you think there's been a bunch of different encounters of aliens coming to, to Earth?
1: Yeah, probably. I, Definitely. I mean, if you go back through the years, yes. And look, I think that there's a lot of people who care, but flat out, there are probably a lot who just don't care. But I think if you were to discover what is in the the classified information of the government compared to what we know, I think there's a big gap. Because, I mean, I firmly believe that there are galaxies and life forms like it wouldn't make sense if we're the only one yeah
0: and it kind of you know when you think about it okay if if they have found a way to stumble through galaxies however far they're traveling yep and they're and they're making it to earth and they're obviously very far advanced and it's hard to wrap your head around you know okay what would how long would it take for us would it be hundreds thousands of years but then if you think about mm-hmm. The earth has been around for however many millions of years, right? And for all of those millions of years, we really had no advancement technologically or travel-wise. Like, you pretty much rode horses and walked for millions of years. And then all of a sudden, someone invented a wheel. And then someone invented electricity. And it was like, all within a couple, you know, two, three, four hundred years we started, okay, with the wheel and the electricity and then lights and then a plane and then a spaceship. And now it's like we sent a rover to Mars. Can you imagine explaining to someone 150 years ago? Oh, so, yeah, you're all going to get on a giant ship basically with arms on it. And you're going to fly from Los Angeles to New York. And there's going to be very few problems or deaths or anything. And then eventually you're going to be able to send machines to Mars. And, oh, that thing you see up in the sky there? Yeah, it'll be super easy for us just to hop on a spaceship and go. And that's all happened basically in the last 100 years. Yep. So what's going to happen in the next 100 years? How far are we going to be able to travel? Oh. I mean, I don't expect you to know the answer. I'm just just posing. No, I'm
1: trying to give give this some very in-depth and serious thought. I think the question is, and I think the answer is no for us. I think the question is, can you get out of the galaxy and live and survive? Because here's the thing, like they used to talk about this, it feels like it's died down. But let's say that you could send common people to Mars or something. Hmm? One, I ain't going. And two, and two, like what's there? We know what's there: a bunch of rocks. It's cold. You'd have to be in a special suit. I mean, I think the only advancement would be to literally for us to design our own spaceships to get out of the galaxy. But the first few folks who did, did that would probably just spontaneously combust and die, and I don't want to die that way. And plus, just, I'll be dead when this all happens. Just leave me happens.
2: here. Just leave yeah, me here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool.
1: I, I got Surly my, my future Forks. generations
2: get to figure this out. I, I got, I'm, not, I'm not worried about I got about Dawn
1: it. and Stella. I'm fine here. I'm a man of simple means. Like, <laughs> I don't right. need to
0: explore. Any other statements from you guys on Independence Day?
1: I I got okay. one. Um... President Whitmore's hair is unbelievable because it never moves. He
0: does have great hair. I mean, but a Bill lot. Bill Pullman had some great hair. In I'm the just going
1: to put mm-hmm. this succinctly as possible from my standpoint. A lot goes wrong. Like there's a lot of hair raising experiences. The man's hair net it doesn't move. It's like down to the speech
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he's flying, the hair is perfect. My God, does he have good hair?
0: Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot to nitpick about Bill Pullman in general in this movie. No. Would love to see yeah. what his final approving approval rating wound up being, though. Yeah, well, they're all, it's, all dead. That's the thing, yeah. A lot, there are like 20 lot, people left. A lot fewer people Thumbs to, up. to vote on that. So uh, for every action movie, we go through two different rating systems here. We'll start with the first one, which is the definitive villain rating system. 1 through 10 scale. And the criteria is how iconic was the villain, how ruthless was the villain, and how charismatic was the villain. And in this case... The aliens in Independence Day are are the villains. Mm-hmm. So, Judd, how do you how do you stack them up on a one to ten scale?
1: Well, charismatic is probably difficult uh, because they don't really talk much. But I, I will say this: when they do, it's terrifying. I'm going to give them an eight. Like they're pretty iconic and they're pretty effective, and they kill a lot of folks who probably get exactly what they deserve. So, I'm <laughs> going to give them an eight. I mean, yeah. these idiots in that tower thing just drove me nuts. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Now you're to
2: die. On the iconic and ruthless factor, I mean, they're, they're honestly perfect tense. Like, they they, they are. They, they, this brought back an entire thing of aliens. They're ruthless as hell. They, they potentially murder billions and billions of people. Yeah, the charismatic part probably dings them a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a little guy inside a big alien. So, like, I wouldn't really call it charismatic. Like, it's just that little guy, you know, controlling the big Thing so like that's not charismatic to me. It's disgusting and kind of freaky and scary, but I would call it charismatic. I would give them an eight as well. I think they're an eight out of ten.
0: Okay, I'm more of a seven point five. You know, I'm. I, I agree. They're they're definitely ruthless. um Charismatic, not very. In terms of iconic, I can't give them a ten because they're not they're not as iconic as the aliens from Alien. I don't even know if they're as iconic as some other aliens. Like, Signs had some iconic aliens. There's a lot of iconic aliens throughout they're the more, years.
2: I think they're more iconic than Signs. I love Signs. It's, like, one of my all-time favorite films, but I, I don't think they're as iconic as Signs. But that alien that stops in Signs, is that thing kept me up for years. And actually, I'm still terrified to go to bed and walk in Brazil for that reason.
1: The the professor they kill is a pretty good kill. <laughs> like, that gets them points in my book. Yep. I yeah. like that kill. <laughs>
0: So that makes it a 7.8, which makes uh, the aliens in Independence Day the highest rated villain so far, ahead of Surfer Bodie from Point Break and the F5 Tornadoes from Twister. Uh, at the bottom of the list are the personal demons from both Top Gun movies and the British car gangster from Gone in 60 Seconds, all 1.3 or below. Okay, now we get to the overall entertainment value of this movie here, a 1 through 10 rating on independence day
1: i'll stay consistent and eight mm. um it's fun like i i like the fact that they committed to what they committed to like they didn't they they didn't sweat death people die left and right and there's no like there's no focus to it they did a good job there uh the dialogue is consistently trying to be basically guys cracking wise which i'm fine with Pullman's character is incredibly solid, so eight. I think that they very much for what they were trying to do in 1996, they achieved.
2: It's a nine for me. Uh, it, it, it's a really good movie. I still think it holds up. It's on the edge of your seat. Um, I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, so I obviously would ding it from being a 10, but I, I love this movie. Um, I can rewatch it. I can stop and sit and, and, and watch it if it was on TV. I'm going to watch it all the way through. Uh, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. I do like this movie.
0: Yeah, it, it's a 9 for me too. Definitely a movie that I stop on on a regular basis when it's on. If I'm anywhere near the Bill Pullman speech, I am in 100%. If I'm anywhere near pretty much everything from the Bill Pullman speech until the end of the movie, that last 30 minutes or so, it's edgy your seat. It's a, it's amazing stuff. So it's a, it's a 9 for me, which makes it a 9 point, or wait, I'm sorry, uh, an 8.7 score between the three of us, putting it as the second most entertaining action movie we have done since we rebooted this franchise uh, five or six movies ago. So Top Gun Maverick, 9.3. Independence Day, 8.7. Top Gun The Original, 8.3. Point Break, 7.8. Twister, 6.7. Gone in 60 Seconds, a 4.7. So, All right, there we have it.
1: Well underway now.
0: Yes, we are. We're into it. And now we get to face-off next week. John Travolta... And Nicolas Cage, a mid nineteen nineties classic <laughs> that I can't wait to hear Judge take on, because you've never seen this movie before. Never seen it. Let's get it. All right. This has been Action Movie Rewind, where we do entirely way too deep dives into some of the world's most popular
3: action movies on Mackie and Judd and the Scornorth YouTube channel. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not two attack of Aloha should consider retiring After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time, and clearly he's not ready to hang up the cleats.